There is a problem. A lot of people are following God the wrong way. They do what they think God wants them to do out of a sense of obligation and not passion. Most people follow God out of I have to instead of I get to. And most people don't enjoy prayers. They just know they're supposed to do them. Most people don't enjoy reading their Bible. They just know they're supposed to read their Bible. So we have a lot of religious people following God out of a sense of duty, but not enjoying the ride. But that's not God's best for us. God wants people excited about worship of him and being with God's people and reading the Bible and praying where they're excited when their neighbor comes to accept Jesus Christ and they like blessing the people out there in the community, whether it be a cashier or a waitress, where there's a passion about their faith. Yes, there are times in our walk of faith that we need just plain obedience, do things because God said so, and anything that you do that's important in your life, whether it be work or or physical fitness or whatever requires discipline and obedience. But God also wants us to enjoy and God wants us to fall in love with him. And serving God should be a delight, not a duty. Church should be something that we enjoy, not something that we endure. Do you know there are over 4,000 churches a year closing their doors? And also, there are 193 nations in the world, and 20 of them, the gospel is not spreading. And did you know that the United States of America is one of those countries that the gospel is not spreading? This church here wants to be a, a dynamic, difference-making church in our community. So we need to understand that the only thing that matters is what lasts for eternity. Paul says in Philippians 2.13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire, the power to do what pleases him. Paul says, find the joy of serving Jesus. Find the joy of giving him through your tithe and your offering and your random acts of kindness in the community. Giving him by giving the mountain missions and also sending a shoebox overseas or by giving above and beyond to the uh, children's wing through the Lord's Acre. Listen to what is said in Exodus 35, 21. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting. See, that's what the Lord is looking for. If you look in that verse, those whose heart was stirred, and secondly, everyone whose spirit was willing. Heart stirred, spirits willing. See, this means the Lord is looking for Christians that love the church so much that they go above and beyond what God requires of them. And that's what the Lord's acre, it is giving above and beyond your regular giving, your, your tithe, it's giving out of your abundance because we are so blessed people. And by the world's standards, we are all very, very wealthy people. 
We drop hundreds of dollars on our hobbies, on our, our sports, and on our home improvement and our trips. So here the Lord's Acre is a chance to give back to God, to drop some money on that which is eternal, with hearts that are stirred and spirits that are willing. See, God is looking for people that give because they love their church as much or more than they love the other things in the world they invest in. So how do you get that kind of heart that shows up in random acts of kindness? Where does that kind of compassion come from? It comes from the why. Why motivates all of us. For example, you can forget why you loved and married your spouse. And when you forget the why, then you may start looking around at someone else. But when you keep the why of why I married Karen 41 years ago because she was the, the girl of my dream, and you understand that, then you understand the why of you, why you married that person. Because when I lose my why, I lose my way. When I lose my why, I lose my way. And some of you have lost your way because you've lost your why. It may be in your marriage, it's in trouble because you forgot why you married that person in the first place. It may be your job, you're not enjoying it because you have forgot the why. Because at one time you were begging for that job and you were excited to get it. It may be your faith that there was a day you chose to serve the Lord, but you forgot the what he has done for you. And now you find yourself spiritually kind of in the doldrums and struggling where you need to get back to the why. See, for a Christian, our mindset should be to give. Our mindset should be that we get to invite people. We get to be a part of something great and something eternal. So let me give you some reasons we are so privileged to be able to give. First is Jesus gave to us. God sent his son down to the planet earth in order that we might have a savior. That's the Christmas experience we're starting next week in all the junior high, senior high, and adult classes to let us understand just what was done for us where Jesus came down to take away our shame and guilt and, and give us life, give us purpose and direction where we are all in for him. And, and doesn't that make you glad you're saved? In Matthew 10, 8, Jesus says, freely you have received and freely you give. We can't forget the why, the why of how we fell in love with Jesus. John Bunnell says, if one just gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. Do you realize what Jesus has done for you? Because your why, Jesus, determines your way, a walk of faith. Secondly, we get to give because it is more blessed to give than receive. See, blessed in Greek means happy. It means getting to give. And I believe the giving is in the DNA of the Christian. To see the excitement when you do those random acts of kindness and 
Leave a big tip for a waitress because you're a Christian and leave your bulletin from church there to show, hey, we go to Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. Or the gift card you give to your mailman or newspaper person. Don't you know that God won't ask you to do anything that you won't find sheer joy? You'll not likely go wrong if you remember that our master says it is far happier giving than receiving in Acts 20, 35. That's why I put the quote in the, in the bulletin sermon notes from Winston Churchill where I thought that was very appropriate. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And if you don't like your life right now, find channels of generosity. Do acts of kindness. Give. Find out how much happier your life will be. We also get to give because I am in covenant with God and with you. God has a plan for this earth and for his Christians. And God's plan is that you can do more together as a group than you can individually on your own. And that's why the church is there. And that's why Satan attacks relationships relentlessly. So he can keep individuals and organizations separated and so that he can keep couples separated and families separated when they begin to think only about themselves. Because when you think like that and become individualistic and selfish, you'll never be effective. Your full potential can only be reached when you find your church, your family. See, when you connect with the church, something powerful happens through God. So you should want to spend the rest of your life growing with a Christian family. I've been here at this church going on 31 years, and, and I consider it my family, and I love this church and the, and the people of this church. And maybe that's why Psalm 92, 13 tells us, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So when you come together as Christians, powerful things can happen. Because none of us are as good as all of us together. That's the way we make a difference. We also get to give because... I really believe in the vision of the church. See, God has called our church to do something that makes a difference. This new children's wing is going to give us a facility to equip many children in our church to be the future Christian leaders, the next generation that spreads the gospel. We see in Ephesians 3.10, through Christians like yourselves gathered in the church, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Did you realize Christians are making a huge difference in this world? One report from Texas from the hurricane said that 80% of the hurricane relief came from Christians as individuals and as organizations. Just like we saw Lauren Edder's group go down and work over their fall break. And also 65% of the hospitals in 
poverty-stricken areas of the world are owned by Christian groups and organizations. I believe that you take the local church out of the world and you have a problem. You're going to have chaos. That is why the local church is the hope of the world. Also, we get to give because one day we want to hear Jesus say, well done. Have you ever thought about when you die? And when you go meet Jesus face to face, what that will be like? When you know you're going to face that moment of accountability for what you've done with what you're given, do you think you invested in your hobbies thickly and you've invested in your house and all those things that are worldly? Do you think that's going to matter? What's going to matter is what you invested in his kingdom. For those that invested in their Christian lives, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He will say that when you unselfishly did something with the time and talents and treasures in your life, God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. See, God gave us those things to use them, time, talent, and treasures, and to get as many people as possible into heaven. And when he says, well done, good and faithful servant, Jesus is going to reward us for those selfless acts. Jesus is going to reward us for doing and doing our part in his kingdom work because you had the right why and you radically and generously did work for his kingdom.